Welcome to Your Thought Live Podcast. I am your host, Michael Anderson. I am professionally trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic programming. I help people overcome mindset challenges. If you haven't already, do subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes that are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And if you're on a platform that supports it, do consider leaving us a rating and a review. It helps us tremendously with reaching more people who are looking for this style of content. Thank you so much for supporting the podcast. A cure for self-suffering is our topic for today. I consider this to be one of the areas where in practice I receive the greatest amount of work. This is one of those spaces and places where a lot of people become very uncomfortable sharing what's really going on. More often than not, family, they don't even know until I'm able to unpack their situation what it is that they're doing that is creating this self-suffering. This is coming to us today from one of our dear listeners who has requested this specific episode. This episode goes out to her and to her family or whomever else that she so chooses to share this with. And thank you so much for entrusting me to expound on this topic. We're going to give you a quick overview of what this really looks like. I'm going to talk to you about mindsets, attitudes, and biases that contribute to an ongoing or perpetual cycle of this sort of behavior. And then we're going to top it off in normal fashion, talking about some things that I call cures that we can do immediately after listening to this podcast. You're going to walk away with the tools necessary for you to implement the cures. Psychology says that self-suffering is an experience that causes unnecessary distress or pain to us due to our own thoughts, beliefs, attitude, behaviors, and biases. This is a form of self-inflicted emotional or mental suffering that can be harmful to our being. You may know individuals that you work with, that you have association with, who suffer from this. I'm going to encourage you to listen closely to this because there may be a word here. There may be a phrase here. There may be a thought that you're in a position to share with that person so that they can have the freedom that you have. First and foremost, the first mindset, attitude, or bias that leads to self-suffering is negative self-talk. I wouldn't necessarily say that I harp on anything on the podcast, but we do have reoccurring themes. And by all accounts, the self-talk, especially the negative side of it, comes up quite a bit in our restorative work. This is the habit of consistently thinking and talking to ourselves in a critical, derogatory, or self-blaming manner. I used to do this for quite some time, and it was one of those situations where I didn't even know any better. Perhaps some of you that are listening or some of the people that you may take this message to will likely not have any awareness 
that they are doing this specific thing. Perhaps it's not negative self-talk. Maybe it's perfectionism, the belief that we have to achieve flawlessly or meet very high expectations and standards in all aspects of our life, no matter what. Perfectionists often experience chronic stress, anxiety, and frustration because they set these goals so high that they're unrealistic. They never seem to feel satisfied with their accomplishments. This, too, leads to suffering. Others will catastrophize where they have this sort of worst-case outcome, this worst-case thinking in all of the situations, in all of the circumstances that they face in life. This so-called potential future problem, getting too far out into the future, creating all these sorts of disasters, all of that contributes to anxiety and, again, to self-suffering. I, for one, found myself comparing myself among myself. We know that that's not wise. We should never compare ourselves. This act of measuring ourselves or our success against others is one of the leading causes to our very first topic, which was negative self-talk. Comparisons aren't fair to us or to the person that's being compared because we're both on two separate tracks, on two separate journeys, and have been gifted so for the journey that has been assigned to us. No need to do any comparative work, at least against others. If there's going to be any comparison that you do, family, let it be how you did yesterday versus how you did today and you hold yourself accountable to performing better and better, 1% better each and every day. And at the end of the year, what you will find if you do this daily is that you will be 27% better. Imagine doing that for three to five years, the level of success that you would experience. Last one is rumination. What is it that you are repetitively and obsessively thinking about? Is it your past? Is it that you're too far into the future again? Is it regrets? Are there shoulda, woulda, couldas? Are there memories that were painful and harsh? We just talked about the dark side of meditating incorrectly. I would encourage you, if you haven't listened to that podcast, that you take a listen. There's some tremendous nuggets in there. Nonetheless, it's very important that we keep these negative motions at bay. This constant ruminating ushers in feelings of guilt and shame sadness, certainly anxiety. It puts us right back in that place that we desire not to be, where we're looking down on ourselves, where we're not feeling so hot about ourselves, where the gifts and talents that we have are not shining forth, where all of the good things that are taking place in our life are displaced and pushed to the side in favor of low-level vibrations. Hence, our talking point for today, our title self-suffering. We want out of this. This is not a place for us. 
we're different. Why is it that we're different? We're different because we are in the 5% movement. The 5% movement are those individuals who are taking the so-called, I'm in Texas, so taking the proverbial bull by the horn, doing what's difficult now so that later life will be easy. How? Self-improvement, self-development, personal development, whatever brand you want to give it, it's us doing hard work like this through these sort of topics, becoming aware of them, having some meditative time to really understand us and how they relate specifically to us. And then always, 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 I'm going to chart a course for you to have relief from these things. We've provided an overview of the mindsets, the attitudes, and the biases. And now we're going to jump into the cures for each of them. Let's start with the negative self-talk. We're going to use cognitive restructuring. What's that? It's a therapeutic technique that we use in the field to challenge and to change negative thought patterns. What we do first is we identify the negative thoughts. We start by becoming aware of our negative self-talk. We write down these specific thoughts and these specific beliefs. This allows us to identify whatever it is that's causing the distress. Then we proceed to questioning that thought. We do this by examining the evidence that we have for these thoughts. Are they based on facts or are they distorted perceptions that we've made in our mind? We have to ask ourselves, is there an alternative explanation or a more balanced perspective? Challenge and reframe. Replace the negative thoughts with more rational, compassionate, and positive ones. This is the essence of the cognitive restructuring process. And then practice affirmations. Use positive affirmations to counteract the negative self-talk and repeat the affirmations audibly, just loud enough where you can hear it. And if you find that they're not going away, then you add a little bit of extra voice to it, a little bit more authority to it, and you keep escalating until they quiet down. That's all it is to it. Perfectionism. How are we going to deal with this one, family? We're going to set realistic goals and we're just going to embrace that we have this desire to be perfect, but we're not. We're imperfect. Overcoming perfectionism involves changing our approach to our goals and self-evaluation. It's nothing more to it than sitting down, thinking about what we want to do, getting it all out of your head first, into your journal, and then arranging it in such a way that if it's over a year horizon, we're going to break it down into quarters. After we got the quarters identified, what we need to do, and then we're going to back into each of the first three months and what will be the milestones that we need to do to hit that first quarter. Quarter has three months in it. That's it, family. You don't have to make this complicated. And by writing it down and by arranging it this way, it takes all of the anxiety out. And then all we need to really focus on at that point is the imperfection part. And that is, it's okay if it's not A++ right out of the gates. 
It's better to do something than to not do anything at all. And perfectionism will stop you cold in your tracks. I know because I'm a type A. I've been there and done that. I got T-shirts or I had T-shirts, socks, jackets, boots, (laughs) caps, beanies, gloves, the whole shebang. So I know this story. By accepting your imperfection, it allows you to understand that it's okay. You're just being normal. And if you make some mistakes, that's totally fine. The world is not going to end. We're simply going to chart what worked. We're going to look at what didn't work. We're going to revamp what didn't work or tweak it. And we're going to keep doing that process until we hit our mark, right? It's really that simple. And I want you to see it that simple because reframing failure as not one and done to I'm going to do it until I succeed has a way different meaning in the mind than the former. Okay? Catastrophizing. What we need to do here is a quick reality test and a little bit of problem solving. How do you combat this? You have to adopt a more rational approach. You have to have awareness within to know that you're doing this thing again. And once you have that awareness, then you can begin to put controls in place to manage it. You catch yourself catastrophizing. You assess the actual likelihood of this epic feared event occurring. And then you stop and go, okay, what's the probability? We already know that it's 85-15. And on the 15% chance that it does happen, it ain't going to be near as bad as our mind has made it out to be. This is that maladaptive behavior that it frequently does to protect us from the feelings or the emotions that we felt in similar events in our past. So we're going to challenge every single assumption. We're going to identify and rationalize these beliefs that we see that we're indeed catastrophizing. This thing is not real except for in our heads. Over time, as we develop these practical problem-solving skills and rationalizing them with this technique, we'll find that I've wasted an awful lot of time suffering through this daggum process for no good reason. Comparisons. We're going to shift focus inward and limit exposure. What's that mean? We're going to reduce the impact of unhealthy comparisons. We're going to define personal values. We're going to establish our own values and goals based on what's important to us rather than looking at what someone else is doing and doing that whole comparison thing. We know that that model does not serve us. Social media, media, the news really put us in a place where we can be triggered on a daily basis to perform this comparative analysis. And it leads to feelings of inadequacy. That's not cool. That's a form of suffering. If you've got people that you follow who, you know, are always perfect in their posts, have this what would appear to be phenomenal life, that could be airbrushed <laughs> from start to finish. Just unfollow them. Take on 
a mindset that you're not going to compare yourself with others. You're going to spend the time to understand what your strengths and weakness are. You're going to capitalize on your strengths while you bring your weaknesses or your opportunities for growth up to where your strengths are. You're going to move forward with that. You're going to learn what your gifts are and you're going to give back to this planet like you never have before, all while practicing gratitude, appreciating such things that you have right now. And the last one is ruminating. Again, I want you to take a listen to that podcast that we did talking about the dark side of ruminating or meditating incorrectly to break the cycle of ruminating. Mindfulness and thought redirection can be highly effective. When you're meditating, you're engaging in mindful practices. You're deep breathing. You're meditating. You're scanning your body to see how you feel. You're getting present. And by doing that, you get to block out all of the things that don't matter to include the past and anything to do with you being too far in the future. You're then channeled right here where everything has taken place today, right now. And you can then begin to see what it is that you're thinking about over and over or ruminating on that's not serving you. Then you're going to redirect your thoughts. When you catch yourself ruminating, you're going to consciously redirect your thoughts to present moment. So if something's going on, one, one thousand, two, one thousand, you snap into action. We're not doing that today. That is not what we're doing today. In our visualization this morning, we saw ourselves having a fantastic day. We know that things are going to pop up unannounced, unexpected, unwanted. We're going to deal with those from a position of being calm, cool, and collected. We're going to stay in our love, joy, and peace bubble. We're going to work through this current situation, and we're going to keep going forward. We're going to redirect those thoughts and our bodies. I can't tell you how much or how important it's been for me, the whole idea of getting this this stuff out of my mind and into my journal where I can begin to really put it all together and make sense of it. Closing comments suggest that remembering changing deep-seated thought patterns and attitudes, they take time. I want you to be gentle. I want you to be kind. I want you to be compassionate with yourself. As you're going through and examining if any of these five are you or one of your loved ones, or someone who will permit you to speak into their life, recall me saying that this is a process, that self-suffering persists. When it persists, it can be overcome with these techniques. What we've given you today are literally positive coping strategies. It's essential to recognize that self-suffering can be overcome with effort and practice, but it may take time, patience. Most certainly here is going to be a virtue. Thanks for tuning in. And that's going to conclude this episode. I appreciate your time and attention. Add comments about this episode to our Instagram page, Your Thought Life, Y-O-R Thought Life, no spaces. And thanks for leaving a comment. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it. And you are uniquely equipped to realize your goals. Until next time, take care and be safe.